Welcome to the Alternative Property Management Podcast, brought to you by Renty and the PMC. Hosted by David Faulkner, Harrison Vaughn, and Will Alexander, and powered by Renty, who just want to make renting enjoyable. And welcome to another edition of the Alternative Property Management Show. It's the last one, the last one before the general election. And are we going to see a change of government? I'm David Faulkner, your host, General Manager of Property Brokers for Property Management and MC of the PMC Conference. And next week, we're going to have a special election edition as Holly Bennett is going to be joining us. She's our lobbyist and she's going to give us a rundown on the election. But that's next week. Will, are we going to see a change of government? What's your prediction, mate? Oh, controversial straight away. I like it. Um, uh, yeah, I do. I, I think uh, we are going to see a change of government. Um, is Winnie going to make it? Is Winnie going to make it? I am. I am a fan. He's a good pop stirrer, like, old Winnie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He always. He always. I think he. Winston is someone that I believe has got New Zealand's best interests at heart, long right. term. You know, so Winnie's a deputy. You know. So, so is he in or is he out? I don't think I don't think he's going to make it. Oh, he's not going to make it. You heard it I think, from Will Alexander. Harrison Vaughan, what are you saying, mate? Well, there'll def- I think there'll definitely be a change in power. I've actually already been out and voted, so I've I've got it d- done. Um, and you know there'll definitely be a change, and I think Winston Peters will be in the mix. You know he'll be, um, you know a key peacemaker in this. I reckon. Let's Hopefully not he doesn't forget. hold us hostage though, like last time. Well, let's not forget he uh, kind of put us in this position, didn't he? If you mm. could say that. Or, oh, he, you know. So he I'd did. love to see MMP get uh, go personally, but let's not go down that route. All right. Well, listen, we can debate all this with Holly Bennett next week. And uh, anyway, we've got the conference coming up soon. It's it's only about, what is it, five, six weeks, five or six weeks away now. It's it's coming up really, really um, quick. It's at the Takina Event Centre in Wellington on the 23rd and the 24th of November. I cannot wait for it. We'll talk a little bit about it at the end. I'm actually off to Melbourne tomorrow morning. I'm off to the BDM Summit with Hermione Gardner, who's hosting that. Remember her, who we had on the podcast a few weeks ago. So we're going to have a couple of days in Melbourne. Looking forward to, to getting over there, listening to, to seeing what they're doing across the ditch. And uh, how's the week been, Will? Great. Really good. Yeah, making lots of headway um, and in the process of hiring people, business is growing, very close to buying a business. So, yeah, I can't complain. I think, um, yeah, the market is swinging back as well. I'm seeing, uh, you know, the auctions are, um, there's a lot of revival energy, um, clearance rates are good. So, no, it's um, it's feeling uh, very positive yeah, around the country. To- we're starting to see it bounce back. You seeing the same, Addison? You know, no, it's definitely bouncing back. The sales team this week have had the, you know, the the highest volume of new listings come on the market that we've seen in the last sort of four months. So we've gone from getting probably five or seven new properties back up to sort of 20 to 30 uh, new listings a week on the sales side. So that's good. And, um, you know, it's nice and busy on the rental market. And, um. No, the market's good. I'm actually heading up to Auckland tomorrow, Dave. So not quite as cool as Melbourne like you, um, but I'm going up for a bit of an NZ Realtors uh, commercial property management right. training and development session to oh, sort of cool. branch out into that sort of area of the market. 
Yeah, well, there's nothing more cooler than Palmerston North. And I tell you why you're getting all those listings, mate. It's all those bureaucrats getting ready to lose the job when acts come into power. That's what's going on. Anyway, I've got a confession to make, boys. I said last week, I confessed last week that I was never going to talk about methamphetamine again. And Miles Stratford made contact with us on LinkedIn and, and he gave a bit of a feedback, let's say, so probably the, the right word to use. And I thought, well, I'll tell you what, why don't we invite him on the show? And we reached out to Miles and said, why don't you come on and we, we can have a talk? Because obviously Miles probably doesn't share my point of view and believes that the standards, well, he can tell, he can explain what he thinks the standards should be and why. But Miles, thank you've come along. Thanks for joining us. Good to yeah, have you on the podcast. Welcome. And thank you for the invitation, David, and sorry to take you back into the dark and murky world of methamphetamine. Oh, that's, mate, I just, you know, we're living it, living the dream, mate, living the dream. <laughs> um, so tell us what you think the standards should be and why. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe a bit of background for the listeners, Miles. Yeah. Sorry to interject about who you are. You know, um, how do we but, get but here? Believe it or not, although you you've got a huge reputation in the industry, some people might not know you. So, <laughs> who are you? What do you do? What's your story, mate? What's some story? Okay, so, so I got involved in meth risk management back in 2010. Uh, and a friend of mine had developed a piece of improperly uh, technology to, to monitor for uh, whether or not meth manufacture was taking place. And that occurred uh, because somebody he knew had a holiday home down in Wanaka uh, that got used as the base of a mobile meth lab. Very variable uh, response as far as uh, the insurance industry is concerned. Uh, and he needed somebody with a business development background um, to look over that and see what we could do. Uh, and what we identified in there was, uh, I guess, a gap in knowledge and understanding of the full extent of the risk. So the reliance was on uh, what the police uh, find in any given year. Uh, and there was no or very little data that was available in terms of the extent of meth contamination uh, in property itself. Uh, on top of that, the technology uh, would, uh, th th with the chemical sensors, there's more than one thing that will make it go off. So if you've got something that's uh, looking for uh, chemicals associated with meth being manufactured, you want to make sure that if you're, if you're saying there's a problem, you can confirm it's a problem. And that's where the meth testing side of things came in. Um, I guess I chose to get involved in that aspect of a business because I had uh, at that stage two kids who were sort of three and five years old respectively uh, who were growing up in a country that was fundamentally changed by methamphetamine uh, and my business background over the last 20 years has been businesses that uh, create um, certainly some some opportunity to earn a living uh, but then also make a bigger difference as far as uh, previously environmental stuff is concerned uh, and now it's around the social issues as far as methamphetamine is concerned um, will so uh, it is one of those things where the perceptions can be that it's just about the dollar. Uh, and yes, we have to make a, a living, but the motivation is more than dollars and cents. And because if that was the case, we would have knocked it on the head in 2018 and headed off for the hills. All right. So what do you think? We've had, we've got the, the committee that you were involved in, the standards, yes. which you came up with the, the 1.5. The Gluckman report came along and basically threw that out the water really and came up with 15 yep we've got a bill which seems to be languishing in parliament at the moment um god knows what's going to happen until uh, after the election right? it, it, well obviously yeah but i mean god knows what's going to happen to that after the election which is basically saying 15 and you can't 
kick somebody out unless it's over 30. Yeah. Where do you sit? Yeah, so I think to, you know, to answer that question, you have to sort of step back a little bit from the specifics, which is not to duck the issue, but uh, yeah, I will get there, uh, and look at the wider context within which it takes place, right? So so the issue of, of meth contamination of property, it, it is accepted that there is a level of risk that's associated with that. And so whether that number is 15, 30, 150, or 1.5, or 0.5, like they still have in Australia, um, it, it, you know, at some point, the meth-related behaviour that creates the meth residues that are identified through testing becomes problematic, right? And at that point, then money has to be spent as far as addressing those issues is concerned. Um, I, I guess where I've always come from, David, with uh, provision of services in the meth testing space is that the risk presented by uh, methamphetamine, first and foremost, is behavioural stuff on the part of the people who are using it and or manufacturing it. OK, so so you'll get to contamination eventually. But before you get to meth contamination, what you've got uh, is uh, people who because they're using the stuff and we read about this in the media all the time. Right. Their behaviours can be challenging. Uh, that can be difficult for neighbours. Uh, it can certainly then be difficult for property managers who are trying to deal with people who've got a meth habit, OK, which isn't clearly disclosed. Um, on top of that, you've got a habit that's very expensive and remains very expensive. And and I think I will mention last time, you know, the meth problem is getting worse. Yes, that means more tenants with meth problems who are spending money on methamphetamine and not on rent, um, which then creates risk as far as landlords uh, is concerned and investment property owners. Uh, and then on top of that, you've uh, got the fact that meth can affect people's behaviours. So then you've got a much higher likelihood of physical loss or damage to uh, property. So whenever we're doing our, our testing work where people are thinking, oh, crikey, you know, something's gone wrong here, um, you'll often see those things have gone hand in hand. And it's often the the private landlords who have uh, who've struck this most because the way I look at property management, David, is that it's property risk management. So, you know, your organisations that you work for have got systems and processes in place which are designed to reduce risk. But this is one of those risks that's bloody hard to manage unless you can hold people accountable. And that's the that, that's the point of the screening assessment work, right? It's to hold people accountable. And by holding people accountable, you then deter them from renting properties that you have responsibility to manage. So you think it should be 1.5? So... Um, if we look at the numbers, all right, so how did the New Zealand Standards Committee get to 1.5? Okay, so it wasn't because the people who do meth testing and decontamination got, you know, got around over a couple of beers uh, and said, what, what do you reckon we can go for here? How low can we get it? Um, what happened was that the Ministry of Health appointed ESR to do independent scientific research. Okay, ESR looked at the environment that had been created in New Zealand around this. So this is in 2016. In 20 sort of 15, 16, we had Nick Kim talking about uh, levels of, of maybe 12, but if I was going to do a standard, it would be around three. You got the New Zealand Drug Foundation, who are very strongly in behind all of the work that's been happened and all of the policy uh, that has come out of uh, the Labour government. And I'll, I'll reference back to that 15 and 30 uh, in uh, in due course. Uh, so a very um, heated environment. And so what ESR did was rather than get a scientist from New Zealand, and they had the choice of going to the Prime Minister's Chief Science Advisor, which is a political appointment, as you know, um, but they went overseas uh, and they got, therefore, what they believe was independent scientific research. Uh, and what that came back and said was, if it's manufacture, keep it at 0.5. Uh, if it's um, use alone, uh, 1.5. 
if the place has got carpet. Uh, but if it doesn't have any carpet, we can make it too. So, so now ESR, you know landlords. So, so ESR came up with the 1.5 and the 3.8. Is that okay. what you're saying? So, so what they came up with was 0.5, 1.5 and 2. Right. Okay. So so 1.5 if there was no carpet. Sorry, if there was carpet and 2 if there was carpet. Well, yeah, we know landlords, right? And so so all of a sudden you got a 1.9 with carpet on the floor, carpet disappears, there's no carpet here, nothing to do. So so the the uh, workability of the proposal was really challenging. OK, so then what the standards committee said was, OK, well, how do we make this bloody thing work? Because one of the issues that you've got is that uh, it's difficult to tell whether there has been manufacture that's occurred uh, or not, because even you know, Gluckman refers to this, uh, that uh, under 30, which is the level above which uh, it's it's you've got re strong reasons to suspect attempts at manufacture. ESR's language is um, it's unlikely to be limited to use alone. OK, um, but you can have manufacture taking place at levels below that. And, and the, the proposal that originally came out of ESR would have meant that there was uncertainty. Where there's uncertainty, you apply the precautionary principle, which is what had been applied prior to the standard coming out. Um, and so it's like, well, that ain't going to work. OK, so what other examples have we got? So in the in the US, you've got places like Colorado, California, all working to 1.5. OK, there's other states that work to lower levels and uh, Colorado's got this higher level for the limited use areas. Okay? OK, so so those numbers, again, had precedent overseas. Uh, they were kicked around with the Ministry of Health and ESR uh, and it was agreed and ESR said, yeah, look, we can live with 1.5, uh, whether it's use or manufacture, because the, the way in which manufacture was being done in New Zealand was in closed pressure vessels and therefore less likely to have the other chemicals associated oh. with contamination and all that sort of stuff. So that's where we got to as far as the numbers in the, the standard is concerned. Um, and, you know, the, the standard is still referenced as far as, OK, what's the process that you follow? So if you've got a problem, you go to the standard. The, the, the uncertainty piece is the numbers, right? So then how do we get to uh, the uh, the numbers? So whilst the standards committee was going on, you got the New Zealand Drug Foundation, which is a drug user advocacy group, okay, uh, that doesn't believe that people who uh, choose to use should experience consequences associated with that behaviour. Okay, so they are pushing the standards committee for information. They are then getting into the ear of Phil Twyford, and Phil Twyford in opposition comes up with essentially what you've got in the Glutman Meth report. Okay, and you've said, and you've said that the the chief science officer is it's a political appointment. So are you suggesting that there's a collusion between the government and Sir Peter Glutman? So again, what you're looking at is just, is, just, just, yeah, yeah. You've, you've spoken a lot, and I ask you, do you think 1.5? You still haven't answered that question. Yeah. So, 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 I'm we, asked, so, so I'm asking you now. You've made the comment that there's a political appointment of the yep. chief science officer, right? So, do you believe that there's been? And, and I've seen the submission by the Residential Property Management Association, which kind of, kind of, partly suggests that that could be the case. Do, do you yeah. feel, do you so feel think, the same way? Yeah. So I think what the, the number that's come out uh, from the Prime Minister's Chief Science Advisor is as high as they believe that they could take it um, with having a degree of defensibility around the uh, the decision that was made. OK, so um, if you looked at the reaction of the National Party when Gluckman's report came out, they were kind of like, how the hell do we not get this? 
Seriously, mm. you know, that, that was, you know, you, you had people, they were like, hang on a minute, we, we put this process in place because we were expecting this number to be bigger. And when we were having conversations around the table, as far as the standards committee is concerned, it's kind of like, look, we've got this independent advice, you just can't ignore it. So, so you know, I believe the number should be as high as it can be without compromising the health and well-being of people. And that's 1.5? Okay, so at, at the moment, what you've got is sorry, Will, you were going to answer, ask a question. Oh, I, wanted mate, to, we, I wanted to answer what he thinks the standard should yeah. be. Okay, so uh, the standard, I believe, should still be at 1.5. Thank okay? you. Thank and you. We what, got the it's, it's like a general, I know it's general election, and we've got a politician. You should be a politician, Miles, the way you'd answer the question because it just goes I know, on. And on. I know. He, an, he answered the question. He got the, he yeah, yeah, eventually. So he got so the, he's, yeah. he's better than a politician. Um, so, so, did, so, sorry, just backtracking a little bit, I missed this. Um, did ESG, uh, were they the consultant? So ESR, um, where did ESG come from? ESR were the original consultants on... So ESR is Environmental and Scientific Research, which is a Crown Research Institute, right? So it's a government yep. entity yeah, that I, does the yeah, whole yeah, yeah. stuff. Yep, yep. Yeah, and so yeah. HUD has recently re-engaged them. Uh, for Yeah, and, and they've come back and said... Um, they changed their minds. That, the, the level is now for and 15. 15. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but, you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing, though, isn't it? You know, and uh, learning what we've learned. I mean, it's it's just an interesting point to make that ESR originally said 1.5. Now they've come back and said 15. And they've said that if you're, um, you know, remedying meth contamination, that uh, getting it back to a level of 15 is sufficient. Yes. Um, so it's just it's an interesting observation, isn't it? Yeah, I think what they've also done, uh, Will. So so there was some uh, when you again what did, what did Glutman uh, the or the Glutman report look at? Okay, so it said there's no evidence uh, of adverse health responses associated with meth contamination uh, in property. Okay, so where do they go looking for that in the medical literature? How does um, uh, evidence get into medical? Uh, literature because some research has been done and the problem that we've got is that there's very little research that's been done um and and the, where i have uh, a challenge personally okay is because the organization our core values put people first and it's not lip service right but where i have a problem is that i engage with people who uh, and including property managers who go in and out of property and where properties uh, are subsequently found to have meth contamination in them, they experience adverse health responses. And those are at levels that are well below this sort of magic number of 15. So we've got a disconnect between uh, what, it, what, what Glutman's opinion says it should be and then what people's lived experiences indicate that it is likely to be. Okay, and, so, and so people's lived experiences, can you expand on that, please? Because what we've got, this is, this is what we've had since the Glutman report. Glutman comes mm -hmm. out. 15. ESR, yep. the Institute of Environment, Science and Research, they come out in 2020, 15. Mm -hmm. The Ministry of Housing and Urban Development engaged them again in July 2022, saying, look, we've got to set some framework around Section 138C of the Residential Tenancies Act, which is around methamphetamine. They come out again and say 15. There is no yep. health benefits of sending this below 15. We can't see any. Yeah. They do say that they, they do say that there's and, and back you up. They do say that there's limited research around the world, and they have gone to scientists all over the world. All right, you can see it. it they document who they've gone to. Yep. All right. So, so why should it be one point five? So, 
at this stage, the issue that we've got is that one of the findings of the Gluckman Meth Report, right, is that you should do more research, but it hasn't been done. So at the same time as the government's been spending over $2 million a year doing research around healthy homes, uh, and the way in which that has been done uh, hasn't been putting people into positions of risk, as I understand it. It's been looking at health records while they were living in properties that were perceived as being cold, damp and mouldy and or mouldy. Uh, and then what happened to their health once they moved out of those properties? The same research hasn't been done where the meth side of things is concerned. But, the, you know, there's guys I know who have spoken with you, David, in that property management space who've recounted their experience of going in and coming out and feeling ratchet. You talked about coming out of hotels, Will, for example, and feeling rubbish, and it's not because you had a big night on the booze the night before. No, uh, he's yeah. lying, he's lying. He <laughs> but at times it may have been, right? But 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 there Maybe. will be other times where, and you will have members of your teams who go in and out of property, and, and they do it all the time, and there's not a problem, and then there's those properties where it's just like oh, I feel a bit shit or I've got tingly lips or I come out with a stinking headache or you know so, the okay. stuff that happens and what I would like to see done David right yep. is that that research gets done so before you enshrine this number in uh, law you do the research because the issue isn't for the property manager going in so, and out right it, so, it's not it's for the tenants who move into those properties who now cannot get out of them okay. until the number goes past 30. So my my opinion on here and this is what we don't have a set number for mold. If we do, I don't know what it is. And it's not widely commonly put around. Everybody knows the health risks associated with living in a cold, damp property with mold. You know, the, the, those are beyond dispute. Methamphetamine, there's no evidence that suggests that 15 and under, no evidence what I can see of, there's no hospitalizations. There's no records of people dying or getting seriously sick. So were when we've seen people, rightly or wrongly, evicted out of houses, rightly or wrongly, we've seen landlords have to fork out thousands upon thousands of dollars on remediation of properties. We've seen taxpayers spending God knows how much on Kangaroa or formerly housing New Zealand, having to remediate all these properties. Yet there's no evidence anywhere that somebody can get seriously sick or ill from living in a lowish contamination. Now, no one's disputing about manufacturing, Miles. No one's disputing about manufacturing, all right? It's the smoking. So, so, so again, so let's take those numbers and 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 the wider context around the New Zealand standard. Okay, so so the the, the putting in place of frameworks of reference started in the US, uh, in various states around the US. Okay, and and what some of those did was say, well, we don't think any mess should be in a house, so we'll take the lowest level of detectable level at all. And then others started getting a little bit more cute about that. They That's unrealistic, in, though, isn't it, Miles? So you're not going to get you're not going well, to in a place like, like in a, saying in a place it's like, like saying we need. Yeah, it's Especially like saying it, it, it's like oh, yeah, Palmy. Yeah, thank you, Garrison. I thought you. I wondered when you got to chip in. Um, I mean, it's like saying you know we, we've got to eradicate completely eradicate mold from the property. And, and the thing is that there's got no no relationship through to the health risk side of things. Okay, but those numbers of one point five are based on health risk assessments. And in a in in a simple in a simplistic terms, all Gluckman basically says is, oh, we think that's a bit conservative. Uh, we'll reduce the uncertainty factor. Uh, and both of you've got 15, which is a much bigger number that the uh, the government's quite happy with. I think what's happened on the way through is that people have worked to the standard of the day. Uh, and as far as uh, the evidence of, of, of there being health effects, 
the bit of work that uh, ESR did for HUD said the limited real world research that's been done. So this is engagement with people who report adverse health responses is suggestive of a causal relationship. So when it's suggestive of a causal relationship, my view is that you do the research. OK, right. it shouldn't be that hard. OK, and then you then you're making decisions with absolute certainty, because, you know, one of the issues you got, Dave, right, is is this the health system doesn't respond well to these sorts of issues. It but, treats symptoms, not causes. But Miles, we've had this Glutman yeah. report came out. How many years ago was it now? Six years five. ago, five years, five years ago, five yeah. years ago. And it basically there's still people out there who will will test and we get the odd landlord who says they want to test and we people ask me do you advise testing i say well i don't i'm a landlord i don't bother testing because from a health and safety perspective the risk associated appears to be so small the cost associated with testing because the glutman report says the composite test gives you a false positive then it leads on to the more intrusive testing which can cost as you know a lot of money now that cost then gets put onto if we've got to do that after every single tenancy that cost ultimately gets put onto the tenants with increases of rent and um so i don't know i don't know where i'm going with this i kind of lost yeah, no, what no, the no, question was going to be it's an interesting dynamic where we all recognize that you said it earlier miles the, the um, consumption of methamphetamine I, I personally think it's increased you said yeah. that it's increased for Absolutely. sure i mean um, you've seen it all across New Zealand. Uh, why is it not an issue anymore? And and my point to this is how much scaremongering is involved? I mean, if the issue is worse, what, why is this not still front page of the papers? And you, you know, it's it's uh, I don't know. It's 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 an observation. Yep. So, so so is it worse and is there any evidence that it's worth worse right so so the day after Glutman's report uh, comes out uh, you you'll so the embargo copies of that uh, report went through to the New Zealand Drug Foundation and you know various members that they feed into as far as the community is concerned and I, and I certainly remember the uh, the media shitstorm that came on the back end of that because I was pretty much uh, front and center you were in, of you were a, in the uh, middle of it a lot of it yeah 100% and that and that that beca- that's because I believe in the value of the service that we deliver, which is principally focused on deterring the behaviour from occurring in the property that you have responsibility for. Okay, so so yeah, my view in terms of, of property managers, and particularly with the changes of regulation that are coming through, where this has got this sort of no cost way of complaining about people, is that at, if, at the very least you want to be making it part of your conversation to say, look, here's this risk; it can increase the likelihood of damage to property, non-payment rent, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We try and manage it this way. Another option for you to consider is include is in making testing in between tenancies part of what you do, uh, because that's a more powerful deterrent than you know giving people forty eight hours notice to turn up and clear all the evidence away. Right. So um, yeah, where that goes wrong, and it still goes wrong a lot then people are pretty grumpy and the likelihood of them becoming grumpy with a property manager who had the information but didn't do anything with it will i would suggest is uh, is going to increase uh, what does that look like uh, the the levels when we were doing detailed testing pre glutman uh, one in four of the uh, detailed assessments that we did uh, had a level over 15 okay now it's two out of every three and relatively the amount of screening assessment work that we're doing it's four times as many detailed how assessments many, that are coming through. De- how many detailed assessments would you do in relation to the composite testings that you do? What what type of ratio are you looking at? 
So it's probably sitting about 5% of uh, of the the screening assessment work that gets done and a lot of that screening assessment work day right it just sort of ticks on um and and the reports that we get back right is that property managers they're doing the viewings they've got it part of their conversation that met testing the property is met tested you know here's the report nothing for you to worry about here it's all about the the, the, the marketing angle is the health and safety but the the subtext to that is if so, you've got a meth habit bugger off somewhere else uh, and rent off that private landlord down the road um, and that you know, in 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 part of our communication, you know, you, you, one of the key focuses for property brokers is reducing risk to owners, and and that's the if you can, if you test, you'll find meth. All right, that's just the reality mm. of it. But if you test on a regular basis, the whole idea is that you don't find any more than existed in the first place. And, 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 but and what you push it on down the road. If if we go 1.5 and we test and we find meth and we test and we find meth. You're just going to, we're going to go back to that god awful situation where people are losing their property. Um, people are being kicked out of houses. Yep. Landlords are facing thousands upon thousands of on claims. Uh, insurance premiums go up. And there's no evidence anywhere in the world. This is what the ESR report says. I've got it in front of me from July 2022. There's, there's, there's no evidence that they can so, but- see. The, the, there's any health risk about okay. a property being under 15. So the ESR report actually says that the work that was done over in uh, Australia by uh, Flinders University is suggestive of a exactly causal right. relationship. Yep, 100% yep. right. So yep. suggestive of a causal relationship. Now, if I was a responsible government hearing that, I think, okay, so there would appear to be a risk here. So rather than ignore it for the last five years, which is what this government has done, I would have been making some investment in actually doing what Gluckman advised, which was to do some research. And then what we would have is a definitive number. And if that number's 15, that's fine. The problem that we've got, right, how much is money that- do you How much money do you throw at the research, though, Miles? I mean, you know, how, because I would rather see a focus on, on getting rid of mould. Yep. I think that's money better spent. Rather which, than, which the healthy homes assessment stuff should, should do, right? But there's no so, stand, so, but there's no standards on mould. There's no level of reading for mould in a property. Yeah, which is part this. of the which is part of the reason that you get the inertia. And I 100% agree with you, David. Right? Is that because you've got a number around the mess space? you've got a decision-making framework. You don't have the same decision-making framework as far as mould is concerned. And and so so should there be a decision-making framework around mould? 100% I absolutely agree yeah. with you as far as that side of things is concerned because then it makes it much easier to get people who are reluctant to spend money or under financial constraints to to do so. I mean, I think that what we've seen with, with the costs associated with resolving meth issues is that they have come down considerably. You know, the 52 million bucks that, that Housing New Zealand spent in 2017 um, if that had been the private sector, they would have been spending a fraction of that. And what I believe was happening within housing New Zealand is it's all oh, we've got a meth contamination issue here. We'll take it out of this you know, pot of money within the budget system and we'll refurb that property, um, which you would never have done in the oh, uh, in, in, what, a, in the private why, sector. Why do you think they refunded all those tenants that they kicked out? I mean, it seems to me that they've made a decision or, or, or some in some way accepted that those levels were unfair or wrong or. OK, so if you if you look at, at, at that particular thing, it's in my view, all part of the strategy. OK, it reinforces how bad the previous decision making was. And then when you look at some of the people who were getting reimbursed, reinforces uh, the strategy. 100%. Strategy. What strategy? Get, get rid of meth testing, David. 
right? The thing that you've been banging on about for the last five years, get rid of it because uh, what it does is bring into the open the extent of the uh, the problem. So let's just, I mean, kill it dead, right? So um, if you look at, there's, there's one, uh, one claim, one uh, Tensi Tribunal uh, judgment that I'm aware of, where one of those people who was ten, uh, um, compensated by Phil Twyford thought this was a bloody good crack. We'll have a go at the Tensi Tribunal and get some rent repaid. Uh, and the Tensi Tribunal found that on the balance of probability, they were the ones who were responsible for manufacturing the methamphetamine in the property. Yeah, manufacturing. It's different between... It, okay, but well, was we're, responsible we're, yeah. for the meth-related behaviour that Twyford compensated them for, David, right? So, right. you know, we're so... Yeah, yeah. Okay, we've got we we basically we're going all the time now, so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to wind this up. Okay. Um. All right. Now, just just to finish up, at the beginning of this discussion, you basically said that the the standards committee based their evidence around ESR, and ESR at the time said one point five. ESR have now changed their mind and said fifteen. Why haven't you changed your mind to mirror ESR if you agreed with them back at the time when you yep. were on that standards committee? Because uh, I've engaged with people who resp- re- report adverse health responses in properties with levels that are lower than uh, uh, 15. Uh, and because the work that ESR have done, the work that Gluckman did, uh, and to a point the work that ESR did back in 2016 was reviewing what was available. The have, health you provided, res- have you provided that feedback to ESR, the people that you've, you've engaged with? Have you provided samples of what, what the people you've spoken to? So they've they have acknowledged that in the uh, review work that have uh, a re- review of the research that Jackie Wright has done. Okay, that, that where they've acknowledged it's suggestive of a causal relationship. However, it's not enough evidence for them to be diverted from this change of view, which they have taken place. Right. So right. so um, as I say, when you engage with real people in the real world. Who report adverse health responses at levels under fifteen? So we're real, yeah, real, now we've got real, to disconnect. real people in the real world. Yes. So what um, were you, you're saying that I'm not in the real world with my views? No, 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 no. But no. You, you, you're one of those people who may go into a property, uh, David, and you've obviously got pretty thick skin, and you may not respond I've negatively got, I've got to. Very, I've got yeah. thick skin. I'll tell you. And you may not respond negatively to being in an environment where there's uh, meth contamination, but there are other people who do. Uh, and and what I want to see answered is that question because you know take those numbers of fifteen and thirty right and go back to the New Zealand Drug Foundation right so the New Zealand Drug Foundation their worldview is that only those people involved with manufacture distribution and supply of methamphetamine should experience consequence for their actions okay yeah. so yeah. Gluckman's decided that fifteen is heavy use ESR have decided that thirty is the level above which manufacture uh, is is essentially sure to have happened yeah. and now we've got a bit of regulation that's come out of government that says that for 15 uh, you have to clean it but the people can stay in the property yeah. uh, and over 30 is when you kick them out now for those people who respond negatively in the real world at levels under 15 now they're in a tendency that they can't get out of okay so esr rationalized their view yeah. that we can adopt 15 because uh, when you get out of the property the, the symptoms abate but right, if you can't to, get out of the property, what happens? Interesting yeah. perspective. Right. Anyway, we'll have, we'll have to wind it up there. It's been a, okay. been a it's been a very very interesting discussion. Miles, thanks a lot for for joining us on the on the podcast. And thank um, you for being open to the. Uh, the well, discussion. absolutely. No, well, look, we live in a democracy. You know, we're. It was a great to... discussion, Miles. You've actually sort of opened my eyes on myth. I was uh, sort of zoned in on Dave's opinion, but I think you know I need to do a bit more research into it personally. 
<laughs> okay. Good yeah, stuff. it's good. Good, good, healthy. That was very good. Discussion. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you, now, gentlemen. Yeah, it's okay, mate. Good as gold. Thanks, Miles. And uh, shall I exit? Yeah, you can go, mate. You can go. Okay. We're just going to talk about the conference. Right, yeah. All right. All so best. anyway, thanks, mate. Cheers. cheers. Bye. Um, so there you go. Interesting. It'd be great to get people's feedback on that discussion. I and, actually uh, really enjoyed. Let's, I really enjoyed him. I actually want to talk to him further. Uh, I, I've got. I've, I, he's made me sort of disagree a bit with you, Dave. I was sort of on the Dave bandwagon before the podcast, but after listening to him, mate, there the, is some. There I, is I, some I think that the science, the science, the science is saying. My view, Alison. This is my view. My view has been: listen to the people who are the scientists, the and who do not, who do not, who do not have a conflict of interest. But I think he makes money if the if the meets if the readings are lower. He's got to they're, they're got to make more money. Yeah, it, no, it, of course, of course, no. But I honestly I, reckon he like as a, as a business owner, it's actually bad not to be testing for meth because. If you think so about happens, it down so the track, and when, imagine if all the tenants knew it was pre-tested. Well, that is a deterrent. Well, that's the, well, that was the that was the thing that they went down. But anyway. once it gets cleaned, it it can ease back through again. So you just go down. Have, this I slippery... wanted to ask him, but I didn't get time. I wanted to ask him like how how else can a house detect for meth? Like obviously there's mm. smoking and making it, but are there other things or other products yeah. or other stuff that can result in a positive test? Yeah, it's. What do you think, Will? What what was your take back on that? Um, I I was interested to hear Miles. I actually have never met Miles before, so it was nice to virtually meet him, hear his perspective. Look, I I think with all this stuff, um, you know, it's important to read widely and to get yep. as much perspective as possible. Um, yeah, I I think we're in a you know. The, the government has created this uh, situation where, where there's no consistency. It's, And I think that's the crux of the issue for me personally is the fact that you've got the RTA saying one thing and then you've got adjudicators saying another thing. Uh, I was very interested to read that ESR report that you shared today, uh, David. And, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I do side with you in terms of, you know, science is science. I mean, if you've got scientists... Uh, saying that this is okay, then I, I personally listen to that. But then I also do listen to the fact that Miles is dealing with people on the ground that have adverse reactions to lower levels. But I, I, I get what percentage of of, of people That's have reactions in in it's it's, it's, cost like, it's, like it's cost versus risk. Houses, you know, it's, it's cost it, versus it is, risk. Yeah, it is, and, and I mean, people react and respond to things differently, right? You know, some people have asthma and some people don't. And oh, and yeah. so, you know, what are some of the comorbidities that potentially exist within the human that trigger the response? And and that was what happened with COVID, right? And basically, people that were uh, were much more, some people were much more vulnerable because of comorbidities than others. And so that's, I'd be more interested in finding out what mm. that is. What well, is within a human that re makes them well, react so adversely to some of this, this stuff? This is this is you it's and interesting this is you like going down America your whole super performance cycling. Like, you know. Anyway, no. I, do you know anyway, what do you look, guys reckon is worse? Like Alaska so is 0.1. So many places are 0.1. Hawaii, like 
I know, but but I mean, where name but all the jurisdictions? Howard's New Zealand, a powerhouse in myth science. Yeah, like, why, I would why? have thought another country would have been already exactly. out with the correct standards. Exactly. Look, but does that country. mean that 1.5 is a more suitable Ma- standard if the rest of the world's doing that? Name a country. No, but listen, what you're talking about here is this is about remediation from labs. All right. Name another country that has gone down the path that New Zealand has. And it's been that long now since the Gluckman report. You would have seen people, if it was such bad for your health, you would have seen an increase. You would have seen people got sick by now. And yet it hasn't happened. It, it's it it's the point. whole thing is just a myth. I mean, yeah, I'd say, you know, ticks, if we, if we, if we, if if we don't... survey, I smoke myth, you know? Like, there'd be so many myths. But you'd see, but they, they, they collect data on people on sickness. on on And there's no... And you if you actually read the science reports, say, there's no records of it. None. Anywhere. Anyway. You, you do anyway. wonder, I mean, for something so potent, you wonder why people aren't dropping like flies. Exactly. I, and Exactly. I wonder what it's like. Have you ever thought that? No, and I don't want to know. I'm quite happy on it's, the Guinness. But all this, all this talk about methamphetamine, my God. Um, you know, in the early 1900s, they used to paint walls with radium. What do you reckon's worse? Oh, radium no, or methamphetamine? Then, you know, looking with lead paint walls and oh, like... Oh, well. Yeah. Anyway, boys, we'll have to go well over time, and um, it's been a good discussion. I should actually sure... test my house and oh, see. God's sake. Just you're on it now, aren't you? you I'm not, I, don't I, might you're, I don't mean you're on it. I don't mean you're ring... on it. I mean that you're, you're on the bloody bandwagon. I'll ring my anyway, round for a test. Yeah, you get him round. You get him round. Entertain him. Yeah. Uh, Very good. Get your tickets to the PMC. It's on the 23rd, 24th of November at the Takina Event Centre in Wellington. We can't wait to see you there. And uh, make sure if you haven't listened to this before the election, get, or if you listen to this before the election, get out and vote. If you listen to this after the election and you haven't voted, don't you dare complain. Nazi Wah, thanks guys. Great discussion. See ya. See ya. Thank you for tuning in to the Alternative Property Management Podcast, powered by Renty and the PMC.